Welcome back, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is Military Murder, a show where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be back, and I'm sorry that I left everybody high and dry last week. But I kind of went radio silent to enjoy a few days with my family. My daughter graduated from kindergarten. We had dance recitals. We started swim practice. And well, it just got kind of crazy. I actually went nine days without turning my computer on and it was very refreshing. I wanted to stay off of social media as well. And try as I may, I really wanted to stay away from true crime headlines. But sadly, that was nearly an impossible task since during my time away, the Uvalde school massacre took place. I literally cried and cried and cried. I cried for those kids. I cried for their parents. I cried for all the little siblings who would have to go to sleep alone in their bedrooms because their little brother or sister didn't return home from school that day. I literally just cried. When I tried to get back on the mic soon after I got home from my family vacation, I just didn't know what to say. So I said nothing. I am very sorry that I wasn't online, but I hope that everyone took that extra week to reflect on life and really how delicate life truly is. I am here today and I'm ready to dig into a case that many of you have already heard on my TikTok. Back in March of this year, I read a headline that caught my attention. And as I started researching and reading, I just couldn't stop. So many of you have requested this case and here it is. This week, I want to tell you the tragic story of a Fort Valley State University senior, Anitra Gunn. Now, let's dig in. On Valentine's Day, Friday, February 14th, 2020, at about 11 a.m., Sierra Stewart woke up and she saw a text message from her best friend, Anitra Gunn. The text came in early that morning and Anitra texted that she was going to link up with an ex-boyfriend for Valentine's Day and she just wanted to get away. Anitra didn't name the guy, she just said old dude. Sierra was like, hello, who are you talking about? And Anitra responded that it was nobody important and that she was with D now. Sierra knew that Anitra had been seeing a soldier from nearby Fort Gordon. His name was Demarcus Little, and she assumed that's who Anitra was talking about. Sierra wasn't thrilled hearing this because in her opinion, Anitra and Demarcus were toxic together. They had fallen into the cycle of getting together, fighting, breaking up, getting together, fighting, breaking up, and the cycle continued. You get the picture. But it wasn't just that. Sierra knew that Demarcus had harassed Anitra before. In fact, he had even threatened her with violence. Sierra and Anitra texted back and forth a few more times that morning. And in one of the exchanges, Anitra messaged that if she doesn't go away with someone, she's at least going to get away by herself. As these text exchanges usually go among friends, An hour passed without contact, and eventually Sierra texted Anitra and she was like, hey, so what are your plans? But unlike the rapid responses from earlier, this time there was no response. 
Sierra sent another text close to 2.30 p.m. asking Anitra where she was. But crickets. And something wasn't right. Anitra had not responded to any of Sierra's text messages in close to three hours. And it wasn't like Anitra to not reply back. At this point, Sierra was getting a sick feeling in the pit of her stomach. And at about 3.50 p.m., Sierra sent a text message pleading with her friend to respond. She said, quote, Anitra, you're making me scared. Where you at? End quote. But still, no response from Anitra. Sierra was really worried now that something bad had happened to her friend. You see, earlier that afternoon at around 1 p.m., she had received a message on Snapchat from one of Anitra's neighbors. Now, this guy wasn't just Anitra's neighbor. He was actually a recent romantic interest of hers. His name was David Howard, and he went by Scoot. He messaged Sierra on Snapchat to say that he was getting messages from Anitra's phone that were really weird and just didn't make sense. You see, a day earlier, Scoot had left one of his cell phones at Anitra's house. It wasn't his main cell phone per se. It was a phone that he used at work to listen to music and to take pictures of haircuts. It actually wasn't connected to any service. On the 13th, when he dropped by Anitra's house for 20 minutes, he put it down and forgot it there. Anitra and Scoot hadn't known each other very long. In fact, they met earlier in February because Anitra worked at a restaurant across the street from the barber shop where Scoot worked. They started talking over Snapchat on February 1st before exchanging phone numbers and they had hung out a handful of times. Clearly, it had only been two weeks at this point. Their relationship was not serious at all, but they really enjoyed each other's company and Scoot was willing to see where things progressed. Anitra lived just down the street from Scoot's house and he passed her house daily to get to work. Well, on Valentine's Day, Scoot received a message from Anitra at about 8.11 a.m. She told him that she was coming over to his house. Well, shortly after that message, she asked him to send his location. Scoot thought this was really weird. Anitra had never been to his house before. And in fact, she told him she wasn't going to be coming to his house anytime soon because he lived with his mom and two nieces and she just thought it was weird. Something about the messages coming from Anitra's phone made Scoot believe that the messages weren't coming from Anitra. And the next text confirmed that something was wrong. Anitra messaged him that they should go away together for the Valentine's Day weekend. Scoot's spidey senses really went off at this point. They had never talked about doing something like that. They were still pretty casual together as far as romance went, and they definitely weren't at a point where they would be heading away for the weekend together. Scoot told Anitra that he would get back to her, and he said, Happy Valentine's Day. A few minutes later, she said, Happy Valentine's Day to you. Later that morning, Scoot realized that he was missing his work phone, and at around 10 a.m., he messaged Anitra asking her if his work phone was at her house. She didn't respond, so he figured, hey, let me call her to get a quicker response. But no answer. Minutes later, Anitra told him that she couldn't talk, but was like, hey, what's up? He told her that he needed his cell phone, and Anitra told him that she wasn't home, but she would check later. Scoot figured, okay, that's fine. But then at 11.09 a.m., Anitra sent another message that was a complete 180 from what she was saying earlier. The message read, quote, we can't f*** with each other. It was fun while it lasted, but I need to work on myself, end quote. What? Scoot was like, wait, what the hell? It's not even that serious between the two of us. While Scoot's head was spinning from all the mixed messages he was getting from Anitra, 10 minutes later, another message. This one said, quote, so don't come by my house, end quote. <laughs> what? That was another red flag for Scoot. He had never just stopped by Anitra's house without an invitation. Why was she saying this now? 
Scoot responded with, man, I just need my phone. The conversation continued and got weirder and weirder. And then Anitra shared her location with Scoot, meaning that she had a location share from her iPhone. She sent it to his phone. But Scoot couldn't open it since he didn't have an iPhone. As he was receiving these messages, he looked at his window and a black car with a red stripe passed back and forth about five or six times in front of his house. And there was a man driving. He didn't recognize the man and it really bothered Scoot. So he wrote down the license plate number. And that's when he got on Snapchat and began to message Sierra. While Sierra and Scoot are both getting these weird messages from Anitra's phone, Anitra's father, Christopher Gunn, he was trying to get in touch with Anitra as well. You see, Anitra's father worked nights and he often messaged his daughter at night. Earlier that morning between 1 and 2 a.m., Chris sent Anitra a message that read, quote, Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. When you get this message, call me, end quote. At around 8 o'clock in the morning, Anitra responded, quote, Happy Valentine's Day. I love you too, dad, end quote. And then she dropped a bombshell. She told her dad that she was going out of town with a new guy she met. Whoa, excuse me, what? Anitra's dad was not okay with this. I don't know if there was a text exchange or phone calls, but eventually Anitra told him, hey, I changed my mind and I'm going to be focusing on myself instead. And the tone of Anitra's messages really worried Chris. Chris alerted Anitra's brother that something weird was going on. And Anitra's brother, Antoine, then tried to contact her himself, but he wasn't getting through to her either. As Chris reflected on the earlier chats with his daughter, it all started to seem strange and he got uneasy. Chris started reaching out to Anitra's friends, other family members. He was basically like, everyone, please reach out to Anitra. I want to know if she'll answer, but nothing. Finally, Chris contacted the Fort Valley Police Department in Georgia. He was hoping that someone could conduct a welfare check. The Fort Valley Police Department conducted a welfare check. They swung by her place. They knocked. They looked around outside and they reported back to Chris that her house was empty. No one was home and nothing seemed out of place. They didn't seem like there was a struggle or a robbery or anything. Chris was desperate at this point to find his daughter. He even contacted Anitra's on-again, off-again boyfriend, Demarcus Little. Demarcus told Chris that he and Anitra had met up the night prior and they went to a party. After the party, they stopped by to get some food and eventually they went back to his house to spend the night. And by his house, he means his aunt's house. He said that Anitra left the house in the morning to go to a job interview. Demarcus then said kind of something that was a little bit off. He told Chris that the night before, Anitra had accidentally shared her location with him on her phone and it was showing that she was somewhere on Carmelia Boulevard, but he didn't have the exact address. Chris was like, okay, we'll head over there. And so Demarcus did. He drove over to Carmelia Boulevard where he said that her phone was pinging. He took a snapshot of where her phone had been pinging and he sent it to Chris. And then while he was at that location where her phone had pinged, he FaceTimed with Chris while he checked out the area. But as he looked around, there was no sign of Anitra anywhere. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. 
My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. Anitra was scheduled to work at the 1836 at 4 p.m. on Valentine's Day. When Anitra failed to show up on time, her manager, Gloria Reyes, called her, but Anitra didn't answer. This was so out of character for Anitra. One, that she didn't show up on time and two, that she didn't answer her phone. Gloria asked a few of Anitra's coworkers if they had heard from Anitra or seen her or anything, but no one had anything to say about Anitra. She hadn't been seen. The following morning, on Saturday, February 15th, 2020, Anitra's father, Chris, and brother, Antoine, drove two hours from Chris's home near Atlanta to Fort Valley to file a missing persons report. And they filed this missing persons report with the Fort Valley Police Department. The police immediately put out a bolo, a be on the lookout for Anitra and her car, a 2013 white Chevy Cruze, and patrols started canvassing the area. I will say this, some reports say that she was driving a Chevy Cruze and some reports say it was some other Chevy kind of car. At some point, DeMarcus and Antoine set out on their own to look and see if they could spot Anitra's car or her or any kind of clues leading them to Anitra. They were desperately trying to find her. Fort Valley police officer Wayne Whitehead, he was out searching for her vehicle in that Carmelia Boulevard area where DeMarcus Little said that she had shared her location earlier in the day. When all of a sudden, Officer Whitehead was alerted by his lieutenant that Antoine and DeMarcus had found the car about 10 minutes away from where he was searching and he beelined over to meet up with them. There, he found Anitra's car was in a yard at the rear of a house on the corner of Bell and Montrose Streets in Fort Valley. It was actually just a few blocks from Anitra's house. DeMarcus was there with Antoine and another friend, and they were just waiting for the cops. The cops got there at about 9.42 in the morning. Inside Anitra's car, police found Anitra's wallet. And very strangely, the outside of Anitra's car had seen better days because Anitra's entire front bumper was MIA. It was completely gone. It was missing. In place of the bumper, police found grass and twigs embedded in the grill, and the tires were caked with mud. But also missing from the scene was Anitra and her cell phone, 
Where was she? At this point, Officer Whitehead asked DeMarcus to check his phone again. He wanted to specifically know the location services, like where exactly was her phone pinging? Officer Whitehead knew that time was of the essence to find Anitra because her car was not in good shape and he had a feeling that her phone might hold answers. The officer was hopeful that Anitra's phone was still sharing its location with DeMarcus's phone. So DeMarcus kind of gave Officer Whitehead his phone. And when they looked, DeMarcus's phone location was turned off. But the officer was like, hey, can we turn it back on? And DeMarcus was like, "Okay, sure. And they flipped it back on. And as soon as they did, boom, Anitra's phone showed up, but not in the location they had been looking, which was based on the old location that DeMarcus had taken a screenshot of and that he had sent to Chris the night before. The new location was showing near a fraternity house. Officer Whitehead immediately headed towards that location and searched, but he wasn't able to find Anitra or her phone. On February 15th, as the search for Anitra began, her father, Chris Gunn, tagged Anitra in a Facebook post saying, please come home, I can't take it, end quote. The search continued on Sunday the 16th with no sign of Anitra. The Fort Valley Police and the Peach County Sheriff's Office then teamed up to form a task force to search for Anitra. Georgia State Patrol assisted with helicopters to search from the air and dozens of officers conducted ground searches and they were specifically looking in locations where Anitra's phone had shared a location. But one location of particular interest to police was that of DeMarcus's aunt's home on Chestnut Hill Road. You see, according to DeMarcus, that's where Anitra and him had spent the night prior. And that was the last place where he had seen her on February 14th before she left for this job interview. The sheriff's office wanted to start there and work their way out. And they were not only looking for Anitra, they were looking for her phone, but they were also looking for the car's bumper. Police were sure that if they found the bumper, it would lead to Anitra. Police released photos of Anitra's car without the bumper, and they also released stock photos of the car to show how it appeared undamaged. They released these pictures to the press, hoping to catch a lead. They felt whoever had that bumper knew Anitra's whereabouts. The task force was leaving no stone unturned in their search for Anitra. Anitra was a student at Fort Valley State University, and when she went missing, students there rallied and worked to get the word out about Anitra's disappearance. It hit several of them hard knowing that it could have been any of them. Students passed out flyers with Anitra's picture around town to help get the word out. The college released the following statement that was played on local news channels, including 13 WMAZ, quote, Fort Valley State University is deeply concerned about the well-being of our student Anitra Gunn, and we are praying for her safe return. FVSU is working closely with the Fort Valley Police Department, which is investigating Anitra's disappearance. Anitra is enrolled as a full-time student at FVSU as a senior agriculture major. Campus officials have been in touch with Anitra's family to offer our support for Anitra's safe return, end quote. And with this press release, it appeared that Anitra's disappearance was finally garnering attention because on Monday, February 17th, Chris Gunn received a text message demanding $8,000 in ransom. But that was just a red herring. By Tuesday, February 18th, four days after Anitra went missing, 
Crime Stoppers announced a $5,000 reward for information leading to Anitra. On that day, police continued to hunt down leads, including an anonymous tip about a car being seen near a house owned by Demarcus's aunt. And that's where police went. Police thoroughly searched the property with drones and they were searching on the ground. But sadly, nothing significant seemed to turn up in the immediate vicinity. The weather had turned rainy that day, so they couldn't get the helicopter into the air to aid in their search. Instead, they turned to good old fashioned police work and they worked the search from the ground. The investigators in this case were very intentional with their search. They wanted to find the shrubbery that they found on the grill of the car. It was very specific bushes and sticks. Several deputies, they saw a specific area by the aunt's house with this very specific shrubbery. And while they were searching that area, one deputy noticed a little roadway going down into some woods. So he decided to take a look. He decided to take the area in his patrol car and he drove as far as he could. But then he couldn't go any further with his car because of the rain. So he got out and continued on foot. About 150 yards off the roadway, he spotted a notch on a tree that looked like it could have been from car damage. Near that, he saw what looked like the wheel well to a car. Close by, he saw some sticks that looked out of place. As he moved the sticks out of the way, that's when he found exactly what he had been looking for. He had uncovered the lifeless body of a young woman. Honestly, the discovery of this young woman would not have been possible without the help of that anonymous tip and police officers who were eager to find this missing woman. And this is real police work. The Peach County Sheriff's Office, Terry Deese, notified Chris Dunn of the discovery, but it hadn't been confirmed to be Anitra yet. The body was immediately turned over to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation for identification and processing. But even with the discovery of a body, police did not stop searching. And their search paid off because later that afternoon, police discovered Anitra's bumper in a ditch a few miles from where her body was located. While they weren't 100% sure that the body they discovered was Anitra, all signs pointed to this real possibility. And with that, Chris Gunn posted to Facebook, quote, I'm completely broken, end quote. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 
Go ahead, download June's Journey today. The following day on Wednesday, February 19th, the Fort Valley Department of Safety positively identified the body found by the Peach County Sheriff's deputy as that of 23-year-old Anitra Lachey Gunn. Chris Gunn made an official statement on his Facebook page that read, quote, Thank you to all who helped search and post and call and prayed for Anitra's return. We are processing the devastating news and kindly ask for respect and privacy during this time as we wrap our hearts and minds around all of this. Please continue to pray for us as there are no words to describe this hurt. Information regarding services and where donations may be sent will be forthcoming. Hashtag justice for Anitra. Hashtag rest in his arms. Hashtag we love unique. End quote. By Thursday, February 20th, the GBI announced that Anitra was the victim of homicide, but did not release the exact cause of her death. The police had a person of interest, but they weren't quite ready to arrest him for Anitra's murder. Meanwhile, DeMarcus Devante Little was arrested on charges of criminal damage to property. What? Wait, what? What is this about? Well, in order to tell you that story, I have to take you back a few days. You see, back on February 5th, when Scoop Howard was hanging out at Anitra's house, DeMarcus drove over to Anitra's house and smashed a brick through a back window. And not only that, he slashed all four of Anitra's tires. What the what? Oh yeah, we'll get back to all of that in just a few minutes. Anitra Lachey Gunn was born on November 6, 1997, to parents Christopher and Melissa Gunn. Anitra had a sister and a younger brother named Antoine. Anitra and Antoine were just a year apart and they were extremely close. She grew up in Camp Hill in the eastern part of Alabama, where she sang in the gospel choir at the New Canaan Baptist Church. In 2013, they moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Sadly, Anitra lost her mom to a car accident in 2014. Her mom was only 35 years old when she passed away. After her mom's death, Anitra took to Facebook and wrote, quote, It's not at all the same without you, but I feel your presence. That's all I need, end quote. Three years after her mother's death, Anitra graduated from Westlake High School in 2016, and she applied to Fort Valley State University. Anitra loved kids, and she worked as an assistant in a daycare in 2017. Anitra was so good at what she did that the daycare manager treated Anitra as her own kid. Anitra was very much loved. When Anitra was murdered in February of 2020, she was months shy of obtaining her agriculture degree. But even with that degree, Anitra wanted to take her life in a different direction. You see, throughout college, Anitra sang in both the university choir and the gospel choir. In fact, she wanted to pursue a career in music and had applied and been accepted to music school in Arizona. And she was thrilled to see that through fruition. Anitra worked at several different restaurants while in college and was working at the 1836 when she vanished. The mayor of Fort Valley frequented the restaurant and spoke at one of Anitra's memorials because, yes, she was so loved that there was more than one memorial for her. In any event, the mayor went on to say that she could hear Anitra's laugh and that she could hear her greeting from the back of the room when she walked into the restaurant. And Anitra would greet her with, hello, Mayor Williams. Anitra was always happy and people talked about her wonderful smile and the sound of her laughter. The manager at 1836 even said that he hired her because of that amazing smile. 
They loved her dearly at the 1836, and they didn't say she was just a teammate. They called her their sister. At a memorial held on the sidewalk in front of the restaurant, they released 23 balloons, ranging in colors from yellow, white, and pink. They picked 23 balloons specifically, one for each year of her life. As they released the balloons, they counted to three and together said, forever Anitra, watching them drift up into the sky until they disappeared from sight. A local pastor recited Psalm 121, quote, look to the hills from hence cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord, end quote. Fort Valley State University held a memorial on February 24th. Students came together in the school's auditorium. There was an empty chair in the front row draped in black cloth with a giant black bow that was reserved for Anitra. The school choir that she had performed with sang, Soon we are going to see the king. Five days later, Anitra's family held a homecoming service for Anitra. They held this at the Greater Peace Baptist Church. Hundreds of people came and her family sat in the front row, all dressed in purple, Anitra's favorite color. Mourners wore blue ribbons that had yellow butterflies attached. DeMarcus Little was from Warner Robins, Georgia, which is about 20 miles from Fort Valley. DeMarcus had a twin brother named Jamarcus. DeMarcus had two aunts and a little cousin who lived in Fort Valley. His aunts lived on Chestnut Hill Road, and DeMarcus stayed with them whenever he was in town. His aunt is Shree Tolbert. She is known in the family as Aunt Glock, and that's how I'll refer to her throughout the episode. Aunt Glock owned the house on Chestnut Hill Road with her husband. DeMarcus and Jamarcus's mother had passed away from cancer at some point, so Aunt Glock helped to raise the boys with her sister, LaShonda. DeMarcus and Jamarcus lived with their father, Andre Little, and after the boy's mother passed away, Andre Little and Aunt Glock, they basically co-parented the boys. DeMarcus and Jamarcus graduated from Warner Robins High School, and they joined the Army together, where DeMarcus was a supply sergeant, and he was stationed at Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia which is about two and a half hours away from their home in Warner Robins. Jamarcus was stationed in Germany. Jamarcus's best friend from high school was a guy named Javon Abron, and he lived in Fort Valley, and they would hang out whenever Jamarcus came home from the military. Whenever either of the twins were home on leave, they usually stayed with Aunt Glock in Fort Valley. And it was on one of these trips back home during leave in 2019 when Jamarcus met Anitra Gunn, And by all accounts, their relationship was tumultuous almost from day one. And this is an example of one of their fights. In September of 2019, DeMarcus sent Anitra a text message that said that he was tired of her playing games with him. She told him that she was tired of him picking fights with her. And his reply? Well, let me tell you, he's a real peach. He wrote back, quote, fight and deal with it, end quote. To which Anitra responded that his threats and abuse wouldn't stop her from leaving. So in any event, on November 1st, 2019, Anitra texted him saying, quote, I think we should stop talking to each other altogether. That's the only way I'll be able to process what's going on. I won't keep changing my mind to accommodate your feelings, end quote. DeMarcus wrote to her, quote, you broke me down until I had nothing left. So deal with the consequences that come behind it. Hopefully you'll learn not to play with nobody else's emotions like that, end quote. Anitra wrote, quote, so you're blaming me for wanting to take your own life, God's gift to you. But in all the other paragraphs you sent me, you're telling me not to blame myself and it isn't my fault, end quote. The messages went on and on. 
But she ended this particular conversation with, quote, love you forever, end quote. And she referred to DeMarcus as the love of her life. Okay, I told you this relationship was pretty tumultuous. Well, you're probably wondering, what exactly did DeMarcus say to that? Well, he didn't respond right away. In fact, he waited a few hours. And then at two o'clock in the morning, he told her that he was going to end his life. Part of his text message read, quote, I swear, I don't want you to feel responsible, Anitra. I was broken before you ever came along, and now it's nothing left, end quote. When Anitra woke up and saw the text message the next morning, she was upset, and she just felt terrible. She spent hours trying to reach DeMarcus, and she called him about 60 times, but DeMarcus didn't pick up. Eventually, though, he did send her a text message to tell her that he was in the hospital because, quote, it didn't work, end quote. And he was hinting that he had attempted suicide, but failed. He went on saying that Anitra had broken him down and that she had to deal with the consequences. By the way, for those of you wondering, threats of self-harm like this are a manipulation tool used in abusive relationships all the time. I'm not saying that they should not be taken seriously, but someone should never feel compelled to stay so that another person doesn't go through with their threats of self-harm. The proper response in a situation like this is to get that person help. Anyway, nothing happened with DeMarcus's threats. And a few days later, the two were back to texting again. Like I said, this is a tumultuous relationship back and forth, on and off, hot and cold. But right off the bat, DeMarcus started to question whether or not Anitra was seeing another guy. He told her, quote, we're going to have serious problems if you go out with him, end quote. He even sent her screenshots of a different text message that supposedly showed him offering someone $200 to hurt the guy she was dating. He even told her, quote, I got God's reach, end quote. Anitra told him he was crazy and DeMarcus backed down, offering that the message was just fake and he was just kidding and he hadn't actually commissioned someone to hurt her new boyfriend. By December of 2019, Messages between the two of them tell the story about DeMarcus coming to Fort Valley to see Anitra, but he took her phone when he left, which of course pissed her off. DeMarcus said that he thought Anitra was going to come over to come get it, but she was not having it and she knew he was trying to manipulate her. And if that's not bad enough, by January of 2020, Anitra texted DeMarcus the following message, quote, you just came in my house last night without open invitation. You touched me several times after repeatedly asking you not to. Forcefully took my keys away from me, but when I retaliated, I was the bad guy, end quote. Later, DeMarcus sent Anitra a message asking her if she was mad at him, and she told him she was not okay with his behavior. And this leads us to February 5th, 2020, when Anitra was at her house hanging out with Scoot Howard. You know, the time with the brick through the window and the slashed tires. But you'll have to wait until next week to hear the rest of this story. And yes, you heard me correctly. Next week, you'll have the rest of the story. So you don't have to wait two weeks this time. If you can't wait an entire week for part two, make sure to check out my Patreon today where part two is available right now and waiting for you to press play. Visit patreon.com slash military murder and sign up today. In addition to hearing part two immediately, you get access to 20 bonus episodes. And guess what else? You never have to hear another ad in your life. 
and you get to support one of your favorite indie podcasters. For more military true crime content and to get to know me a little better, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast and follow me on TikTok at Military Margot with a T at the end. This story was researched and written in collaboration with fan club member Myrtle. The sources for this episode include the fully litigated trial available on the Law & Crime YouTube channel. We also relied on articles found on 13WMAZ News, WGXA News, WSBTV, AJC.com, Stars and Stripes, and Facebook. This show was created by Mama Margot Productions and is produced in collaboration with my fan club. This month's executive producers are Nicole, Falcon 13, Bob, Alicia, Tina, Ryan, and Jen. This month's newest assistant producer is Regina. The music was created by Tyops. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of, so remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week, and I'll keep digging to bring you part two of this story next week. Mama's working on her podcast. I don't want to.